Welcome to Bitpicking. Today we're going to talk about DevOps. What does it mean in 2019? What did it mean last year and uh, before that? Uh, I'm Greg. I'm Mark. Hi, Mark. Hello, Greg. So DevOps. Actually, Mark, I think this was your topic to talk about. We have a list yeah. of things we want to talk about at some point. And I think this was one of yours. So what's your premise? My premise is I've spent a lot of time getting frustrated about misuse of the word DevOps. Uh, and now I'm coming to satisfaction that maybe actually what DevOps has become is not a bad thing, but it's still maybe not what it should have been and could be. Okay. So you had a period where it was bad then. So there was a period where you thought DevOps is a bad thing. I spend, um, uh, quite often I've said to people, you say you want a DevOps, but it's not, that's not what it means. Yeah. But of course, it, like, like any other word in the language, its meaning is what people take it to mean rather than what it originally meant. <laughs> Do you ever have <laughs> the conversation about decimate? Oh, decimate doesn't mean what you think it means. No. Its original meaning was that you got like you lost ten percent of your your Roman gladiators or whatever it was, your <laughs> Roman soldiers. Oh, because of the so death. to decimate is to lose only ten percent. So you've not decimated the opposition. I mean, I'm I'm slightly sad. I'm not in your conversations where decimate comes <laughs> up. It was a great like, it was never, a great great Christmas. I've never used that <laughs> word in my life. <laughs> But it, but it's accepted that decimate doesn't mean that anymore. Maybe it did long ago, but it doesn't anymore. And so we yeah, should all just yeah. get on with our lives. And, and it like, is like literally, yes, quite literally, yes. <laughs> um, so uh, I think maybe I need to come to terms with the fact that DevOps doesn't mean what it originally meant. However, I still think there is a lot of room for what I originally think DevOps was intended to be. So let me try and guess at what you thought DevOps originally meant or what it, what you think it should mean, yep. and it, now it doesn't. I'm going to guess that this was developers by trade mm -hmm. owning the operations, as in when a solution was developed, that solution extended all the way through to live rather than it works on my workstation someone else then worries about you know getting that in front of the user uh no Ooh. actually i don't think uh, <laughs> it depends <laughs> ding, ding, ding. take a shot it wasn't for me it wasn't about owning in the sense of the developers do it but it was uh it, it was a collaboration between the developers and the operational folks Oh, so you still saw the operational folks separately? Yes, I think. Yeah. Well, I say separately. I suppose this was the this was the point. They were they were physically separate human beings, <laughs> um, but they were but part of the team, right? So sure, you are yeah. you are okay. in early. You are helping. You are a specialist in hosting infrastructure, whatever you want to call it. Right. Okay. But you're part of the team, so you're not a dev team building a product and then throwing it over a wall. Um, six months later to some poor guy who then has to try and stand it up um, and deploy it. You are part of the team with the developers 
you get in on the ground floor, you understand the requirements of the products, and therefore you can build the hosting infrastructure uh, from the ground up well in advance, nice smooth deployments. And those people were the DevOps people? No, 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 no. Never, there, there are not DevOps. See, this is the problem, this is the problem. Because that, that was sort of how you described it. Anytime though. you talk about a DevOps person, you're right. wrong. I think you're. I think you're <laughs> wrong. But again, this is so. This is the this is the whole point of where this is where I need to come to terms with the fact that people now see a person called DevOps, and I didn't. For me, it was always about there are there are devs and there are people responsible for operations, and this was about the collaboration between the two. And if you introduce a DevOps person, what you've now got is three people to collaborate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So my understanding of DevOps was slightly different, um, where I thought DevOps was more of a uh, role or a function. You know, the words never work, do they? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. It wasn't a role. It wasn't a combination. It wasn't a person, is what I'm trying to say. It was to say that these things need to get done, and rather than have two teams, and I certainly agree there shouldn't be three teams. Um, you take some of that operational responsibility that was traditionally somewhere else and you put it in the team. But my impression of the original movement was it wasn't put in the team as in another person. It was put in as a, you know, as a, an output of that team. And then that team would go and sort of work out how they, how they did it. I think the problem with that is you lose the specialism. And there's a whole other thread there, which is the... Uh, sort of modern disease of the developers will do everything which sounds great and on sort of one side I'm a big proponent of you know ownership yeah but on the other side where where does it stop you know now now your developers are responsible for the design and the coding and the testing and building the infrastructure and the project management and and the project management and you're just stretching it like you know I I mean we've known people in the past to um say all you need is developers you don't need anyone else (laughs) but wasn't the point of dev i get that generally but wasn't the point that devops took off because they were so close together and certainly with more modern ways to deploy code where you're you know you're you're literally just pushing literal code somewhere Mm -hmm. wasn't the point that they were basically the same whereas some of those other things you've described are, are quite different so the point for me was that by bringing this collaboration together by by putting taking someone who is a specialist in hosting whatever it might be and putting them in the dev team um you hope that you start treating the infrastructure more as code so so that whole bit about um uh, infrastructure as code now um is for me should be an output of doing devops not the be all and end all of doing it just because you know how to use uh chef doesn't necessarily make you a, a devops if you're still not working with dev to do that hey Siri, remind me to update my cv <laughs> <laughs> yeah but this, again this is this is the point is actually that that is everyone's understanding of the role now yeah, yeah. i need to hire a devops person and they need to be able to do chef or 
terraform, cloud formation, yeah. you know, all those kind of things. But but, to, but but still, those DevOps people are actually just ops people. They're still sat in a silo somewhere, still not talking to the dev team, still not getting good insight into what the application actually needs. The development team is still throwing... The only thing is now they can throw Docker containers over the wall. <laughs> and that doesn't really solve the problem either, as much as you'd like to think that it that it does. But, it, but, in, but in your description of... And we're still on what what you thought it was, uh, rather than what it's become, right? Yeah. But in your description of that, why did DevOps get a special word? Why is there not DevUX and Dev Product Owner and all that? Because all you're d- describing is cross-functional teams. Yeah. So why did DevOps get the special stick? You know, you're just putting an ops person in the dev team and then putting some, uh, you know, rules around it. Rules is a terrible word, but... You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, true. So I thought, I I originally thought, I mean, this is a great conversation because yeah. I think we probably thought we were quite well aligned on <laughs> some of this before we started this conversation. But I thought the point was that you were putting two traditionally separate uh, skill sets or, or knowledge bases into one, yeah. out, you know, one outcome for a team. Yeah, I, I, did, I, I wasn't there at the time. <laughs> just a, just a disclaimer. <laughs> no, no, I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I, using I, you as my scapegoat. And, and I see your point. And I and I think I think um, you're right in that part of that vision was then that you can treat infrastructure a bit more like code. Um, why did it get a special name? Yeah, I don't know. Because you, I mean, you're quite right. Because somebody I mean, spoke did, about it agile. 2016 yeah or that's almost certainly <laughs> yeah. it right someone someone did a someone conference talk about yeah. it and, and it and it came out um so what what do you think it is now then so you've that's what you that's what you thought it should be yeah yeah and, well, and by the way i mean i do i do somewhat agree i'm, I'm sort of being a bit of a dick about it but yeah what, what do we you are think? both sat here with our arms crossed <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. defensive now <laughs> so what do you think it it, it is now well, I think, like I said, it, it's now, it's the guy who knows how to write chef scripts or, right, or, okay. or cloud formation, right? And, and it's, uh, in fact, it, it, it's actually just another word for ops, hosting. People will happily hire someone, they'll call it DevOps, but it's actually just hosting. Um, and like I said, I, I, you know, I've seen examples of where it's still just someone siloed from everyone else. Yeah. They're still responsible for the hosting. They're still responsible for everything they were responsible before. They just happen to be, uh, well, I say happen to be, they might not even be, uh, you, you know, using uh, more modern methods to deploy that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it's a, and it should be about um, not just the hosting, but, but making, improving that process and improving the time to market and improving the, um, you know, how stuff gets from development through to production that's not I'm going to email you a zip file um, and you just unzip it on your <laughs> yeah. on the server or those kind of things well again you know I dare say that's 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 part of it but who's um, going to write the Perl script to uh, pull it out of um, the email server and automatically un- <laughs> yeah. un- unzip it and copy it over to IIS someone's got to do that Mark yeah <laughs> I'll tell you another grey area we had actually because I'm um, at one point we um, in our previous employment uh, experimented with what we call dev infrastructure. Now this was really quite hard. Oh, I think for that people. was after my time actually. This it was difficult for people to process. 
the idea that you might have someone that was responsible for hosting, but hosting of the tools that developers needed, not hosting of the products that they were producing. So someone who looks after the Jenkins server, someone who looks after the Git server, you may look after the integrations, you might develop mm. tools for for developers to use, as opposed to you're the guy that goes and deploys the the uh, the actual product at the end of the day. So again, I feel like I've got it totally wrong because I thought that that was also within the spirit or scope of DevOps. Because one of the things I'll talk about shortly is is you know my experience of DevOps on a team, and certainly Jenkins, Git, all of that is included yeah. within that. Uh, yeah, it is. World. I suppose what I'm saying is that I I don't think that's necessarily that should be a part of the role. I don't think it is in a lot of places. Right. Um, uh, but it depends. I mean, again, how many, how much do you cram into into one person? Yeah. In our case, we try to specialize and say there is a person who has these skills of a mm. hosting person, but they're only responsible for the things that are being hosted. Uh, the development tools right. and yeah, not yeah. for for applications that yeah. are, the dev team are building um, and that stuff but, is important I mean the amount of hours I've spent fiddling with build oh, yeah, scripts exactly, and things like it, that exactly know. I mean Jenkins doesn't always just run itself right for example yeah. um, you know and especially in much uh, in modern setups where you've got a lot of um, you might have it spinning up um Docker containers or other virtual machines dynamically in order to run builds and those mm. kind of things. It's a it's a pretty complicated setup. So mm. I I do think there is a lot to be said for having someone who specialises in that, mm. so that developers aren't spending all of their time. I think I on agree. That instead of building features, um, but that's, that's, you can't do that unless you're working with the dev team. I think that's the that's the key point, isn't it? Unless you're actually uh, with the team understanding what their needs are, mm. then you're just being in the dark. Yeah. I mean, the thing I was going to say in terms of my experience with DevOps is that, um, like, I have a theory that very good developers um, seem to spend or want to spend most of their time on tasks which I would consider DevOps, um, which maybe is incorrect, but certainly... Things like, oh, I need to, I need to optimize the build script, or mm -hmm. if they do have ownership of the live servers, you know, I need to do some work on that, or I need to upgrade this and do that. Yeah. Um, and I, it feels to me that the more senior a developer that I've worked with, the more they want to spend time on those sort of things mm -hmm. versus the implementation of the feature, as in the actual code. Um, but is and that I've always found that interesting, and in that, like, why is that? Is that, yeah. is that a sign of maturity? Is that a sign that you understand that there's value to be gained from those things? And it's not just how quickly you can write code, but you can you can write you know, 10,000 lines of code, but if you can't deploy it smoothly, then it, that's a real barrier to progress. Sure, but it works the other way, right? You could be able to deploy it within one push button or, or a flipping Slack command or something. Yeah. But if you've got nothing to deploy or what you're deploying is crap... So I think I think yeah. there's there's a there's a, a balance, but certainly the, you know the the newer developers that I uh, work with, they just want to get on with code, yeah, you know, and they are a bit slapdash and they do you know copy things around 
in zip files and stuff like that. And then the more senior developers, so really you've got to be right in the middle. Mid-level yeah, developers yeah, is yeah. where it's at, yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, that's what I've seen. And it's almost like that. that's, I don't know, it's just a more fun place for people to be when they become a senior developer. That's just my, my observations. I don't know how, how true that is. Yeah. Is it fun though? Is it fun? I so find actually, it do, fun. Do I you know what? I, I, well, I, I do. And as someone that, you know, working with someone else kind of rebuilt a whole AWS estate in a few months, it kind of was fun. I, I quite liked the, I like the neatness of yeah, yeah. being yeah, able yeah, to, yeah. I mean, you know, having taken on an, an Amazon estate that was actually quite a big mess and things done in lots of different ways and servers that were set by hand and and you know thanks to circumstances we had the opportunity to entirely rebuild that um in another amazon account which meant we could start from ground zero yeah we could we everything was scripted automated you could very easily spin up um you know a new application stack in a few minutes um which was which was great. Now, with well, how much value was there in that? If we didn't have to do, you know, we had to do that for business reasons. Mm. Um, but um, if you didn't need to do that, how much value would the business have gained out of that? I don't know. It depends. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had to we had to go and do it for a ton of, of legacy products as well as as, as right, stuff right. that was being actively developed. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a painting behind the wardrobe analogy, though, isn't it? <laughs> what's, what's that analogy well if you're painting a room right. do you need to paint behind oh, I the wardrobe right, right. Sorry. No I was thinking can... painting in like like Mona Lisa kind of painting oh, yeah. no, 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 know, that... not emotion <laughs> <laughs> you know because you're right how much value are you adding by painting behind the wardrobe yeah. you know I mean I suppose in those instances you, you could be talking about internal process and certainly from what I understand of what you did that was all about the cost you know the yeah. the, the the ridiculously escalating costs on AWS and, and you know, there's a very real business case behind that. But maybe that whole thread is an argument back to having everything on the same team, all in one backlog. You know, that yeah. that work is another story that needs to be yeah. evaluated alongside yeah. everything else. I mean, certainly yeah. I would say with, with the um, technologies that are around these days, it is much more within people's grasp to... Uh, for developers to take on that responsibility. The fact that I could take, I, I could package my app into a Docker container, I can run it on my local machine, I could then go and deploy it into um, you know, uh, a Kubernetes cluster or, or Fargate or you know, whatever the equivalents are on Azure, those kind of things. Mm. Uh, means that uh, you know, it, it's within my grasp, I can actually do that end-to-end without having to think too much about, uh, you know, procuring a new bit of tin to yeah, yeah, bowl yeah. into a rack. Why are you chuckling? <laughs> it's, suddenly it popped into my head this episode of uh, Rock Profile. Do you remember that? Rock Profile? Rock Profile. It was a comedy sketch show with David Williams and... Um, oh, oh yeah, okay. Uh, yes, um, Matt Lucas. That's it, from many years ago. But there yeah. was one episode where they had uh, Joe Wiley on there. <laughs> um, and she was talking about these different band names. And they were just like ridiculous... <laughs> names you know that were just made up like spoon tree you know, <laughs> and, and, and piano, that, piano ears and stuff like that how did that come about Al? because you you were just spitting out kubernetes oh, and yeah. redshift <laughs> and i don't know fargate or something which yeah, i thought yeah. was a science fiction tv yeah. show but yeah. oh that's target <laughs> <laughs> just made me, 
made me think of that. Good. Um, are they... You know, going back to my thing there about, you know, senior developers tend to gravitate towards devops style tasks. If you're a developer and you don't know what happens to your code once it leaves your workstation, mm. are you really a developer? You know, I think it's really important that people understand, developers understand, people as well, actually, are yeah. quite nice, you know, what's happening and how their code is executed in what environments and Absolutely. that kind of stuff. Although, I mean, so here's, here's a story. When I first, I spent many years as a, a bedroom coder, right? You know, I, many hours, happy hours on my Amiga 600. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right? As I think we've discussed previously, but anyway. Um, and, uh, but it wasn't until, uh, you know, I actually got into doing it for a job that I finally learned what a load balancer was. Right. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, and even then it was a bit of a hazy concept mm. because actually in those days, um, this was a little while, not that long ago, but but long enough ago that, um, uh, you know, you didn't, you weren't responsible for those things. You did just literally zip up. In fact, it, it was that long ago that um, when I first joined that team, they were creating their deployable by right clicking in Eclipse and doing create create war file <laughs> and then and then emailing it over to someone else right? uh, so it was, yeah you um, laugh at that but that's that's app development yeah you right, want to build an yeah, ios app yeah, yeah, you've got yeah. it like you're basically doing that in xcode and if you're not you've got a script that's doing it in the background right yeah you know so hasn't moved on that much okay well at least an ios yeah so um so yeah so i you know and i didn't really i had no clue people would talk about load balances and or f5s right and yeah yeah VLANs and you know all this kind of stuff and I was like well, not, you know I thought I was a decent coder I was obviously junior but I thought I knew it and then I was like oh these are new things to me yeah um and even then I dare say uh you know over over time I I didn't have to you, you knew what these things were but if anyone said to you I need to go and deploy this application now on a proper production ready server yeah, yeah. i wouldn't really have known what that involved um until i mean you know until um i moved out of uh, the banking industry yeah. uh, <laughs> and into a slightly more agile place where on my very first day um you know one of the subjects was we need, no, to, go and, we need to go and deploy this thing yeah. and i was like oh wow okay <laughs> this, this is new um but you know to your point you're absolutely right you it's very difficult to build um, good software without understanding the environment in which it's going to be deployed. And whether that's because you need to understand um, how your app behaves when it's on two servers rather than one, or even 10 servers or 100 servers rather than, rather than one, or if that's because you need to understand whether you need to scale it vertically or horizontally mm. um, when the load increases, um, or whether that's because you need to understand latencies between your app server and your database server. Yeah, yeah. You know, you absolutely have to understand those things. Yeah. Um, and and if you don't, then find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's but the information's out there these days, you know. And again, I go back to uh, you. Just there wasn't that much information out there to read when I was a junior developer. You didn't really get the the blog posts about how you deployed your app on, no, I suppose on, that's on, it. on Kubernetes. Whereas these days there's not really much excuse for not understanding these things. Yeah. 
I'm just trying to think. I'm, I'm not sure if this is too basic, but one thing I always liked about the web was you you could write this file, HTML file, and then open it in the browser, and then you had this like very immediate thing where it it transformed from this basic text into something you know mm-hmm. more interesting, and then you learn all about how to organize your file so it can you know pull things in and all that kind of stuff then you want other people to see it so then you had to learn okay well i need to somehow expose this file to other people so you might set up a local web server on your own computer and i remember living in a shared house many many years ago and we had this uh uh rudimentary network which we called the shiznet and i created a home page uh and then that's when i learned what servers are, uh-huh. were and then you're like well I, don't, I want everyone else to see it so then you've got to learn how to transfer it over the network to somewhere else and then yeah. you're suddenly in the terminal yeah you know and i do think that web design or the web has democratized i can't say that word yeah yeah <laughs> democratized that sort of thing isn't it yeah. where it's made it much more accessible to people yes and then yeah, you yeah. just sort of graduate and every time you want to do something different you graduate a bit more and then you're like oh now i need an application server mm-hmm. you might go and do ruby and then you or rails and then you sort of learn how interpreted programs yeah. work yeah. you know so yeah. the other angle that on devops that i found interesting recently is there's other um portmanteaus port- okay you're, good word. you're the wordsmith but, good word yeah. um, like secops Yes. You heard of this one? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, and I'm sure there's others as well. I mean, you, you sort of coined one earlier, Dev Infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or Infrastructure Ops. I can't remember which one it was. but I call it Dev Infrastructure. Right. I don't think it's going to catch on. <laughs> Dev Inf. Dev Inf. Um, but it does like seem like everything's being combined, isn't it? So SecOps yeah. must be your, so your operations team taking ownership of your security concerns. He says with trepidation. Well, um, I mean, I guess my understanding of that is hazy, but I'd probably apply the same principle to it, which is, is it about ownership and now you guys have to do this as well as all the other stuff you're doing? Or is it about, uh, as a security uh, person, I'm going to work, get in there early in the life cycle to work with these folks so that when we design the software from the ground up, it has this built in yeah. rather than it's only when it's gone through QA that someone goes, what do you mean your passwords are, are plain text in the database? Um, you know, and just, yeah, you know, that, that, um, uh, that kind of mentorship and, and, and guidance early on where someone comes in and goes, guys, if you're storing passwords in the database, make sure you hash them. Yeah, right. Yeah. And not MD5, you know, that, kind of, <laughs> that kind of thing. So I, I would read it like that. But I mean, you know, you made the point about why isn't it DevUX and all that kind of stuff. And I think it, I think it is. And I think the overarching uh, thing is you've got to, you know, get in there early, get in there in livestock. Now, the, the real question is how do you do that? Because one of my things about DevOps is okay. So this is great. You, you've now got your your ops guy, and he's sitting with the dev team. But in reality, they're driven by different things. Generally, someone doing ops is going to be more service desk driven. Normally, you know, certainly in my experience, the the ops folks are on the other end of a ticketing system, hmm. um, you know, picking up servers that have, that have gone down, or you know, just de- deploying something for someone else um, in the business. And that that's not the the life cycle of the dev team. So even though you go, yeah, it's great, you're all one team now, 
they've actually got very different drivers and I've you know I've seen ops guys joining stand-ups and then after five minutes they're bored to the back teeth because this <laughs> yeah. actually isn't anything to do with them and chances are it's probably going to be uh, you know another few weeks before they've really got anything to get their get their teeth into mm. um, so you know how do you join those two two things together when you've got get, very get different coding. very different concerns <laughs> the other thing I should say is. Um, the other thing I should say is there's um, you've also got very different they're measured by very different things because developers are essentially I, I say measured I don't mean physically measured but generally you know developers make progress by changing things right that's their that's their job to change the software or write new software that changes the, the architecture uh, whereas from an operation perspective you're sort of measured on how stable you can keep things yeah. Which, yeah, yeah. you know, in general means trying to change as little as you possibly can. Yeah, yeah. So how do you manage that conflict of of interest? Yeah, I don't know. But I'm just come thinking. on, come on. <laughs> but I'm thinking that I I do hit that quite a lot where I'm like, Oh yeah, right, there's a new version of Ubuntu out, like upgrade all of our servers. Yeah. And then someone else is like, No, we're still on CentOS four. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm like I don't know, I mean I yeah. it is hard. I and it is all, it's all a bit personality-wise as well, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like wh- how risk-averse are you and, and that kind of stuff. I suppose my, my answer to that would be, well, you just have to make the uh, changing as safe as you possibly can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's then where automated deployments comes in. That's where regular deployments comes in. If something is hard, do it more often. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's right up the DevOps street, isn't it? That sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Multiple deployments a day. Yeah. Um, and then there's, I mean, there's a whole other thread there again of, of the, just because you can, does it mean you should? Yes. <laughs> Progress. I'm not convinced. <laughs> the specialism thing, going back to a bit, I, I do, I do struggle with that. And I think, I think we all do. I, I was in a bit of a Twitter um, conversation with a guy the other day, actually, who had made this statement that was essentially, back in my day, we didn't need testers and we didn't need product people we just we were just one dev team and we just got it all done real donald trump's kind of he's, he's firing out these days yeah. <laughs> we were the best team yeah. we were the greatest <laughs> and, I, and i replied to this guy and i and it was with good intention i just said you know that's great but i bet that all of the things that you've now taken out were being done just by somebody whose title was developer uh-huh. so you know, you've got to separate the sort of the thing that you're doing versus the title of the person doing it. To which he he agreed with, but then made um, another quip about how, um, you know, didn't need testers or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of a similar thing, isn't it? Like, you're right, you can't sort of, you can't throw everything in to one, like, homogenous, mm-hmm. I've got all the big ones yeah. today, <laughs> like group of people. Yeah. But as soon as you introduce specialisms, You've then got to manage that divide. You know, well, that's not my job. Yeah. That's someone else's job, you know. And then you get into that position where people then, they don't think for themselves. You know, and we've we've had debates about product owners and product managers and, and that sort of thing. But that's that's the inevitable end of that path, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So so I, I, I think it is a struggle because you want everyone to sort of be engaged and do everything and not get bored at stand-ups. Yeah. But you can't really reasonably expect to get quality output if everybody knows a little bit about everything. I do wonder whether a lot of modern software development just comes down to just 
be nice to each other, okay? <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, it's it's uh, it, it does all rely on uh, having a bunch of people who like each other and understand mm. each other and get on, and that's that's not always the case. No, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think I did a, a in some research I did for a talk that I never ended up doing. The main quote from my talk was. Um, it's always a people problem, which is not mine. That's someone else's who, you know, now I haven't done the talk, I've completely forgotten. But the whole premise was, it's a people thing, yep. you know, and if everybody just got along, you know. And here's why, this is, this is great, because we, we've actually, we've come, oh, really? we've, come, we've come to a point here, this is good, <laughs> this is good. Because my thought was, well, why isn't DevOps, why is DevOps in 2019 not the DevOps that it used to be, or that I think it used to be? Yeah. And it's because... What we've taken out is the human bit, and that's and that's like the it. hard bit, yeah. right? And that's why it's gone. So you don't worry about that. So now the easier thing is just to go, you know, you're just the guy that writes chef scripts. You still don't have to talk to these guys. We've lost the humanity in DevOps. In, in DevOps, some might say the world. Cue the drums. <laughs> So there we go. That's our opinion about DevOps. You happy with that opinion, Greg? I think so. Okay. I think we should put it out there. Yeah. Let's see what other people think. We'd love to hear from you. We are at BitPicking on Twitter. We'd love to hear your DevOps stories, your DevOps successes and your DevOps failures. And what does DevOps mean to you in 2019? Part of me thinks this one will, uh, will elicit a lot of opinions. Let's hope so. Yeah. yeah so please do get in touch. Um, and we'll see you in the next episode. Yeah. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Mark. Bye. Bye. I'm Mark. Spoon tree. I'm Mark. Piano ears. I'm Mark.